Well, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Hey, hey! Welcome to PBC Live, where we're going to ring out the old and bring in the new. So for those, of you, for those of you who might be the more senior part of the congregation, you might remember The Muppet Show, 1976 to 1981, hosted by Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Animal the Drummer, my favorite, and their friends. Well, on their 25th anniversary, Christmas anniversary special, the show opened with a spotlight on the balcony with the two old guys. Waldorf and Statler. And Waldorf turns to his buddy and says, Hey, Statler, do you think the Muppet Show will be any better live? Waldorf, at our age, it's great being around anything that's live. <laughs> so today, we're going to ring out the old and bring in the new and PBC's version of the two old guys on the balcony. You get myself and John Hanneman is back. So... Welcome to PBC Live. All right, our call to worship this morning uh, is from Psalm 98, verses 1 to 3. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation to us and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He's remembered his chesed love and faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, today we're at the crossroads of another year where we take time to reflect and look back to give thanks for your everlasting loyal love in our lives and look ahead with eyes of faith to see you making all things new. Looking back, O oh Lord, we're amazed that long before you laid down the foundation of the earth, you had each of us in mind and settled on us the focus of your love to be made holy and whole by your love. We're amazed that you decided to adopt us into your family through the sacrifice of Jesus the Messiah his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, which has freed us of the penalty and the power of sin. And then, O oh Lord, to be given the gift of your spirit poured out in full measure to allow us to live the life we were intended for, to flourish and to seal us permanently, never to be separated from your care or protective love. This is beyond comprehension. What a God you are. So loving, so generous, so merciful, powerful, righteous, and holy, yet so humble to invite us to share as co-heirs with Jesus, serving in your glorious kingdom. We cannot praise you enough. And looking ahead, Lord Jesus, we ask you to renew within our hearts the assurance that your compassion is like the love a newborn experiences from its mother, reminding us that you will never leave us or forsake us. Give us the grace to follow you in the way of the cross, 
free us from self-centeredness, looking after our own interests so that easily consume us. Give us eyes of faith to see your kingdom sprouting in every corner of our lives, in our neighborhood, at the gym, in our schools, the shopping malls, in our businesses, in the hospitals. Fill us with your grace that allows your compassion to be released in our hearts and then through us to a hurting world that is alienated from your love. We pray even for those who have caused us hurt that we may forgive those far away and closer to home. And finally, Father, may we be your representatives as instruments of peace and goodwill toward all mankind. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. <clears throat> so I see here in my script, this is where the ways to give <laughs> was supposed to be, and that's why there wasn't a slide, <clears throat> but with me, you'll get surprises. Anyway. <clears throat> so for John's scripture reading this morning, it's from Philippians 3, 7 to 14, <clears throat> to prepare for our sermon together. <clears throat> and Paul writes, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that a great text? Why don't you all give John a great welcome as he comes to join us. Waldorf. Who am I, Statler? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it's so good to be see you all, be with you this morning. I got lights in me, but uh, I miss you. I miss you. I, I, I'm just a little bit overwhelmed um, being here this morning. I, maybe it's just a hint of what the reunion will be like in the new heavens and the new earth and, and uh, everything will be stripped away and no more pain, no more sorrow and we'll just be celebrating and worshiping with complete joy constantly. Um, so it's good to be here. Um, on New Year's Day or the Sunday after Christmas, uh, I think for the past several years, it's been a time to reflect on the passing year and 
welcoming in the new year, and, and, and that's what I intended to, to, to do today, to offer a, a time of reflection. Uh, for those of you who know me in these later years, I've grown to be a bit more contemplative, um, less uh, trying to fix lives, but to um, help people have conversations with God. And that's what I hope to do this morning for you, to invite you into a conversation with God. And forgive me if I meddle, because I may meddle a bit. Alfred Lloyd Tennyson penned these lines in a very well-known poem called In Memoriam. Ring out wild bells to the wild sky, the flying cloud, the frosty light, the year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let him die. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. These lines are an extract from a very long poem, as I said, that Tennyson wrote in response to the tragic loss of his closest friend and thereby uh, resulting in his struggle with doubt and faith. Church bells are often a, uh, a sign or, or a signal of hope and, and peace and, and, and joy. But earlier in this poem, um, the church bells were a reminder to Tennyson of his sorrow and his loss. But here, after much healing, the sense is completely different. As Tennyson hears the church bells toll in his local English villages, sounding forth with different tones, he imagines ringing out the past year and ringing in the new year. And then he goes on to enumerate what he would want to ring out and what he would want to ring in. And we're gonna come back to some of those things later. But today, January 1st, provi provides the perfect time for us to reflect on, on what it is we should ring out and what it is that we should ring in in our own lives. Now this fact of Ringing out and ringing in is very re reminiscent of a passage in Isaiah 43 that Brian and, and James have already mentioned. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, most of you know that these words were spoken to Judah during their exile in Babylon because of their sin and idolatry. Babylon was a place where God's people did not want to be, a place of missing home, a place of weeping. By the waters of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. But God urges his people to forget the former things and not to dwell on the past, even as he announces that he will do a new thing. This is Exodus language. There would be a way in the wilderness, water in the, in the wasteland, 
Despite sin and idolatry, God promises his people forgiveness, restoration, renewal, and an exodus out of Babylon that was, which is to be greater than the exodus from Egypt. These words would have brought great hope and encouragement. And of course, we hear the messianic overtones and foreshadowing of Revelation 21, behold, I am making all things new. Now, why would God do such a dramatic about face from his disappointment and judgment with his people into renewal and newness. Well, that's what God does. Renewal is at his heart. Isaiah begins this chapter with this incredible word about God's tender feelings towards his people. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are precious and honored in my sight, and I love you. Now, this is one of the only places in the Bible where God says in the first person, I love you. Again, with Exodus language and messianic overtones, God shares how he feels about his people. And this is how God feels about you and me. You too are created, formed, redeemed, called by name, declared as precious, and loved by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's because of God's tender feelings for us, his desire for renewal and newness, that we can forget the former things and embrace the new thing that God is doing, not just in the birth, uh, in the birth death, and resurrection of Jesus, but also in the present. God is doing new things in the present. He's always creating anew. Do you believe that? Do you think that our God is capable of doing that in our lives, in our communities, in our churches? Amen. Amen. And the emphasis here is on what God is doing. God is doing it. We did nothing to bring about the first coming. We did we will do nothing to bring about the second coming. And this takes our mindset out of the realm of New Year's resolutions, self-effort, picking ourselves up by the bootstraps. 
It brings us into the realm of prayerful watch, watchfulness and willingness and openness. So let's spend some time contemplating, pondering with God what we would want to ring out and what we would want to ring in. Ringing out the old. Our life is not static, but it's ever-changing as we grow older, encountering different circumstances, experiencing changing relationships. We go through times of, of joy and celebration, but also times of sorrow and struggle. And throughout our lives, from childhood, teenage, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, until we reach uh, age of Waldorf and uh, Statler, or Brian and myself, we are always letting go of something or someone until we finally let go of our own life. So we ask, what would you wish to ring out with the passing of 2022? What would you want to not remember? Maybe the better question is, what do you need to ring out and let go of? What might you be clutching onto so tightly that it's damaging to your soul and prohibiting the work of God in your heart? <clears throat> well, in his poems, Tennyson enumerates several ideas, both personal and national, to kind of get us jump-started. Grief that saps the mind, and that has to do with uh, his sorrow over his, uh, the death of his friend. He's wringing that out. Feud of rich and poor, party strife, the want, the care, the sin, faithless coldness of the times, false price in pride in fate, place and blood, Civic slander and the spite, old shapes of foul disease, narrowing lust of gold, the thousand wars of old, the darkness of the land. Amazing how our present time is not unlike 19th century England. So I'll list some things. And uh, <laughs> I want you to just Ponder him, no judgment. No, no sense of failure. Not getting down on yourself. Just listen and see what God brings up. Perhaps you need to wring out the loss of a relationship, either through a death or a falling out. Maybe it's a besetting sin that keeps you from enjoying God's presence. How about a cold heart that is steeled hard against the world? Maybe it's the dominance, and I'm getting into trouble some territory here, the dominance of politics in your life that keeps you from loving others with different points of view and embracing diverse community. Perhaps it's time to ring out unmet expectations of parents, siblings, or children. 
Maybe God is inviting you to accept physical limitations or health issues rather than being angry, frustrated, or wallowing in self-pity. How about wringing out the need for other people's approval, the need to be right or perfect, the need to be efficient and productive or finding worth in what we do or possess? Can we allow God to invite us to be aware of a prejudice that lies hidden within us that we need to let go regarding different ethnic groups, people of different religions, people of different ages with different values? This has been a topic that God has brought to my mind this year as a result of attending a retreat a few months ago and taking the intercultural development inventory. And to my surprise, there was a gap between how I perceived myself and what I really am. I perceived myself as being very accepting of all people. But the reality was a little bit different than that. I can tend to be more judging. I can tend to think about the differences I have with people, not the things that I have in common. For example, the values that I had growing up, work ethic, a lot of things, are a lot different from young people today, from millennials, college students, and so on. Their values are, are much different. Do I judge them? Do I note the differences? Or am I willing to accept them? And so for me, I'm praying about wringing out judgmental attitudes and mindsets that might be barriers to accepting others and embracing our shared human condition. What about regrets and disappointment? That's a big one. As we move through life, we can accumulate experiences that are particularly negative and painful, that fill our pool of memories, like failed relationships and jobs, living below our potential, misplaced priorities, procrastinating until it's too late, choosing the wrong profession, not spending enough time with children, making a poor choice in marriage, our dreams haven't come true. This isn't the life we wanted. Our thoughts can turn to what if and if only. But regrets can become a, a source of constant shame and self-incrimination, especially if we think that the value of our life is measured more by our failure than the good we've done. We get stuck and we sink into a sadness that doesn't help. What about bitterness or resentments? As we go through life, we also accumulate resentments. Unresolved loss and grief suffered early in life 
experiences of abuse, betrayal of trust, injustice, rejections. You know, wounds and pain can last long, long after the harm that was done. Our memories bring these up and we replay the situation and we have the very same emotions many years later of anger or, or hatred. We, we have imaginary conversations with those who have hurt us. Often we live in denial, but this does not help the hurt. The pain doesn't go away, it just simmers, affecting us emotionally, spiritually, and physically. If we resist the grieving, then we remain a victim. So maybe it's time to give up some of these things to God. Like grief that saps the mind. Like the hurt that was done to us, that we're holding on to. Well, we could go on and on, and I'm sure other things come to your mind, but maybe there's just one or two things that I've mentioned that caught your attention. You might ask where the resistance might be to letting go. And again, meditate on these things without any judgment. You're not a failure. You're a human. Simply acknowledge and offer these things to God. How about ringing in the new? The season of Advent has just concluded. And Advent is a reminder that God is a God who does new things. If anything speaks of God doing a new thing, it's the birth of Jesus, the incarnation. Jesus came in the flesh to be with us and for us. And even though we know the incarnation is unique, Advent reminds us that Jesus comes in the present, offering new birth and new life. And the amazing thing is that in the bleak midwinter, the darkest time of the year, we talk about all the themes of hope and peace and, and, and joy and love. Because that's what God brought into the world, the things that we celebrate at Advent. We're reminded that the light shines in the darkness and in our darkness to bring about life and newness. T.S. Eliot wrote, what we call the beginning is often the end, and to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is where we start from. And so it is with a new year. The end of 2022 is the beginning of 2023. And as we open our hands to let something end that needs to end, we open the space for God to do something new. And so what things might you want God to do in your life? New things. Or in this church, in our nation, in our world. Again, Tennyson helps us get started. Redress to all mankind, nobler modes of life, sweeter manners, pure laws, love of truth and right, 
the common love of good. I really love that phrase. The thousand years of peace as opposed to the thousand years of war. Valiant men and free, the larger heart, the kindlier hand, ring in the Christ that is to be. So what would you want to ring in as we begin 2023? Maybe a new attitude towards your spouse, your family, or your boss. Turning from a mindset of scarcity to abundance, from lack to gratitude. Freedom from that besetting sin or the worry of a child or an unfulfilled desire. A forgiveness for a deep hurt that only God has the power to do. Acceptance of the past or present and making peace with yourself. Seeing a situation in your life as a gift and not a burden. Perhaps God might lead you into a new way of serving him in the school, in your community, in this church, maybe in a ministry to immigrants or homeless. And perhaps you might trust the Spirit to do something new here at Peninsula Bible Church. I love Advent. I love hearing those gospel stories read again. I love hearing it in the music and in the words. And this year during Advent, I, I was drawn to the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, this righteous, blameless couple who had lived many, many years with longing, sadness, disappointment, and the shame of being childish, and were now so old that they were beyond the point of being able to bear children. But God did something new, didn't he? He gave them a son. And now as I'm reaching into my older years, <laughs> I imagined myself like this couple. And as I imagined how God had worked in their life, I felt the desire just well up inside of me for God to do something new in my life. I want to continue to learn and grow and serve in, in new ways. I don't want to settle, even though I've got chronic back pain limited energy, and need to take a lot of naps. <laughs> now, I don't know what God might do, but that's what I'm praying for, to be aware and open and awake to his movement, drawing me into a new direction. But the line in Tennyson's poem that really grabs me is a thought Ring in the Christ that is to be. Oh, I just had shivers. 
And maybe this is the desire that is underneath all the things we might want or wish for God to do. Perhaps your pursuit of lesser gods has been fruitless and the new thing is more of Christ. A deeper experience and encounter with the God who does love you and calls you by name. Perhaps the new thing is a tangible, earthy sensation of his unknowable and unfathomable love personally for you. Maybe the new thing is, as George Herbert puts it, to furnish and deck our soul. In other words, to take lodging with the furnishings that he provides deep within our heart. You know, there's a big difference between comprehend and apprehend. Comprehend has to do with the mind and the understanding. In our studies of sermons, we comprehend truth about God, Jesus, how to live the Christian life, and that is very, 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 very good. We understand truths that God reveals to us in his word. But apprehend is different. It means to lay hold of, to absorb. When we apprehend beauty or art, we don't just study it with the mind as to how the artist painted this painting, but rather we allow the painting or the work of art to take hold of us, to absorb it. To behold Christ in Mary's arms, to behold Christ sitting on his throne, to be so filled with mystery and beauty and wonder of Christ, Maybe that's the new thing. To set our things on the mind above, or on the things above, and not on the things below. Can you imagine God saying to you, behold, I am doing a new thing. Let me close with this poem entitled for a new beginning. <clears throat> in out of the way places of the heart where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered would you always live like this? Then the delight, when your courage kindled, and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. 
Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul's senses, the world that awaits you. Well, as we journey into 2023, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Nice being with you all today.